welcome back to another episode of the Fan the Flames Football Podcast. Kyle is unable to make it this week. He is currently, um, I think he might be uh, starting uh, in the police academy or something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's, do, he's doing something different every week. Yeah, he, he or he might be. He might be trying to win at the Crane game in the mall up in D.C., honestly. I think he was trying to break the world record for most. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, we got Jeremiah and James here with me. Um, every single week that Kyle misses, we're going to try to come up with something goofy just to troll him. Uh, we're not making it. <laughs> but uh, this week's pod, we're going to go through the win that – Everybody felt like it was a loss on Saturday. That was kind of the mood after that win over Akron. Um, and then we're also going to go and preview the ODU game, which is right now could be seen, I mean, in most coach-speak eyes, um, coach-speaks words, rather, uh, it's the most important game of the week because it's this week. Um, yeah. yeah, so ODU – on the road, possibly in some torrential uh, downfall of rain, uh, rainfall. So that's going to be interesting to see how that affects the game. Uh, but uh, with all that being considered, James, Jeremiah, how are you guys doing? Let's start with you, Jeremiah. What what, what are you thinking uh, since uh, you had to go help uh, someone propose on Sunday? So um, now you're able to join and uh, open up that was, your... that, was, that was That was me, not Jeremiah. I no, I said Jer- James. Yeah, I said James. I said oh, James. I... Okay. Oh boy, it's already we're already in a mess. Welcome to the mess. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, James. Yeah. You're up. Yeah. Um. So, I think a lot of people are a lot more down on this game than than I am. Um. I, I see it as a like obviously there were some things that didn't go well, like. JB played well the first half. He fell off a cliff in the second half. Hampton came in, gave him a little bit of a spark, got another touchdown, put the game away. Um, and the defense, they let up points, but I think it was a lot of the fact that in the second half, they were just on the field a lot. Um, there were two long media timeouts in a span of like 15 minutes, and I th- it looked like they got a lot of energy back. And from that point on, they didn't let them score again. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with how the defense played, honestly. Um, I think they played a lot of zones, so I was confused about that because number seven kept getting open. Um, but in general, I think the defense did really well. Um, they were who we know they are. They played well. They held them to 12 points. Um, so... Also, really quick before I switch to offense, I have to make a note of the 55-yard field goal that was attempted by uh, by Akron and like yes why yes. during dur- during pregame, me and Jeremiah were sitting there and he attempted one from 45 and it did not make it there. Why did you send him out there for a 55-yarder? It was the funniest thing I have seen in a long time. I loved it. So- <laughs> That that field goal attempt was not even in the same zip code as the uprights. Yeah, it didn't even hit the end zone. Like it, it literally hit the ground before it the end zone. So, so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. bad for the I know, I know. But <clears throat> now coming to the offense, um, I think their first couple drives they did really well. They uh, 
they changed the pace. They they ran the ball well. They passed the ball well. Um, but uh, Akron, I think, got JB's number, and they started blitzing like every play. And I love JB, but he sucks with pressure. Um, and in the second half, he just couldn't complete a pass. Um, so I think putting uh, Nate Hampton in definitely freed up the running game even um, because obviously like the second play that he's in, Day-Day bust the long one because they didn't blitz. They didn't know – they didn't have enough scouting on, 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 on Nate to know if he was going to throw or if they were going to run. Um, and obviously he only passed the ball once and that was called back for a holding, but – he did what he needed to do. He was a change of pace, um, and I think it was a good thing uh, for the game. Um, and here's the thing. In the grand scheme of things, the win is is huge because Salter got to rest a week with his groin injury. He didn't he didn't force himself to go out there and postpone his like postpone him playing at his full potential again. He got to rest, heal up, and be ready. Um so I don't know what his status is for this week, but uh, I would believe he's probably going to play. Um, so uh, I think that was – I think in, in the grand scheme of things, it was a great thing because uh, C.J. Daniels came back. He got some reps. T.J. Green, he still didn't get any reps, but uh, against Wake Forest, he suited up and had a knee brace on. This week, he didn't even have a knee brace on. So the team is getting healthier. Um, so I am excited for – uh, this next week against ADU, uh, hopefully, especially if there's going to be rain, I think TJ, I think there's, I think they'll incorporate all three running backs to just keep pounding the ball. Um, so I'm excited for where this team is headed. And I think this, this week, while it didn't look pretty, they got the win. They did what they needed to do. Um, and they're getting healthier. Jeremiah, um, you did not help your friend propose this past Sunday. And you no. missed the, the Twitter space. So, what is your opinion? I did miss the Twitter space, and I apologize for that. Uh, no, my visits to Lynchburg, no big deal. My visits to Lynchburg are always super chaotic because I try to see everybody and spend a lot of quality time. And I actually got to see two friends that I haven't seen in a, at least a year. So, it was nice to see those guys. Um, my overall take on the, the uh, Akron game is – I'm still super positive. Um, I know, I think it was last week on the pod that I was talking about, like, if we don't blow these guys out by at least three scores, I'm going to be so angry or whatever. We won by nine points. But given, you know, all the injuries and all the issues that we had, um, this was a slow offense, you know, because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Uh, I'm so happy, you know, we're three and one. You know, that one loss again to a great, like, Forest team. Um Oh, going off of that last bit from uh, James talking about TJ, uh, I actually got to meet the guy at uh, McAdoo's after the game. He was a really nice guy. He and his family, he and his uh, parents were really, really nice people. So got to meet up with him. He was really cool. Um, but uh, talking about the game, um, looking at the offense, you know, we had JV in there. And, you know, people are going to say, you know, what they want to say about JV. But I wanted to shout him out because, you know, he started off great. You know, I think he threw, what, two touchdowns, you know, he was throwing him in there. He had some really good passes there to start off with. Um, and I know one of y'all mentioned, you know, uh, the guys on uh, Akron's defense were able to kind of, kind of uh, get into his get into his game a little bit and uh, blitz a little bit more, get some pressure on him. Uh, and you know, a little bit later in the game, you know, it was a little bit a little bit more struggle on the offensive side, and we got to adjust that with um, with Hampton coming in and then uh, some solid running back plays um, from Day Day and 
uh, Shadro and all that. So I was really happy to see that. And then, of course, you know, I'm always high on this defense. You know, uh, 12 points in a game is nothing. I'll be, I'd be happy with 12 points per game. And to think that the uh, they held they held them to six for most of the game, and they what they got like a garbage time garbage time touchdown. So I'll take that. I'm happy with that. I'll take that any day of the week, every single week. So I'm I'm really excited where this team is going. Can't wait for next week. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, uh, you know, uh, it was frustrating. You know, with some aspects, I feel like I've got all my uh, thoughts out on the Twitter space, but uh, you know, I will just say it for the people who probably will never get a chance to listen to the Twitter space. Uh, JB struggled uh, mightily in the second half. I mean, I know you guys emphasize on this, but uh, one of the things that frustrated me was the fact that Nate only threw one pass. I know at that game, we're kind of trying to not lose the football game um, rather than trying to push the ball downfield. Now, granted, um, the one pass that he threw was probably one of the prettier passes that was thrown all night um, because I believe JB went 13 for 27, uh, if I'm remembering right. And, you know, he he struggled uh, to, like, struggled to set his feet and just really um, hit open receivers. Um which uh, was frustrating to watch. And, you know, with all things being considered, you know, I'm happy that we won. Obviously, uh, it's always good to walk away with a win. I don't care what the score is. I don't care how bad we look. If we win, we win. Um, So that's all that matters. Uh, We're now only three games away from being bowl eligible which if we can get them in these next three games, that would mean that we are, we basically have nothing to lose. So what, what were you going to say something, Jeremiah? Yeah, I think we're, we're going to have to go for seven at this point because, uh, what is it? Uh, three games away is Gardner-Webb, right? So that would be the sixth win, wouldn't it? Oh, yes, actually, no, hold on, I'm sorry. I forgot that would, that would count, my fault. Yeah. You're good. Count. You're good. Right. Don't don't feel don't feel bad about yourself. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you seem so you're like my fault. My fault. Don't feel bad. Um, yeah, yeah, we get one FCS. Yeah, that counts right. as a yeah. Right. That's it. Um, hence why Ian wants it like that in the future. Right. But that's another conversation. Um, so, with that being said, you know having those three. Um, but yeah, seven would be better because I thought you were going to say this because since we don't have um, like an automatic bid, being that we're not in a conference, it would be of course better to have seven wins than six because we have a better chance of making the the bowl, uh, depending on how many get eligible this year. Yep. And seeing how this year's so chaotic with Kansas being good, um, Duke having a solid team. I mean, the Big Twelve was very deep. Uh, top to bottom. I mean, yeah, they're not really the Big 12. They're 10 teams. Seems like every single one of them could get the six wins. Not kidding. Um, So with that being said, you know, uh, I think that getting to seven would be great. But, of course, getting six and then going right into that BYU game, oh, my goodness, I would cry. 
I would cry. You're going to literally, the day we beat Gardner Webb, uh, the, the, that podcast after, I am going to be so happy if we're at six wins. Um, that would be the happiest I've ever been because going six and one into BYU is uh, the second best case scenario. Obviously, you want to go undefeated, but the fact that we didn't get blown out against Swake in that one game that we lost is so great. It's just like wow. It, I don't even. I don't even know what I'm. I mean, I'm going to cry for sure. That's for sure. That's one thing I'm going to do. Tears of joy because the way that this season has gone has been so unpredictable um, and. There's so many injuries that uh, the Flames have been riddled with. It's just uh, frustrating to see. Um, it's made uh, a game like Akron more difficult. And one thing I will say to put it on the pod as a thing is not that I told you so, but if you guys listen to like my podcast back in the preseason – in the off season, when I talk about Akron, I literally said these guys are going to be a lot better than what what people are going to project them. I even said that. I was like, DJ Irons, I've seen him play. I remember him coming out of the high school ranks. He's a very talented quarterback. And on top of that, Joe Moorhead is a very talented coach. He's one of the best offensive minds in football, bar none. And to be honest, if he would have had a better stint at Mississippi State, he probably would have gotten an even better job than Akron. Um, it's actually a shame, uh, no offense to Akron, that he didn't get a higher level G5 job. Um, I don't know why people didn't try to go after him. I mean, I think there might have been a little bit of the stipulation of, of course, Mario Cristobal had to leave Oregon to, um, I don't know if he, I don't, I don't know if the, the, what the timeline is, but I think Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon to go to Miami uh, caused Joe Moore had to have to leave uh, Oregon as well. So he had to go find a job. So I think it might have been, you know, probably was the best job at the time and he didn't want to go back down to the FCS level. But with that being said, this team is going to contend in the MAC. You heard it here first that MAC East is not very good at all. Now, they got some pretty strong teams like Kent State and Ohio and Miami, Ohio. But that this this Akron team, do not be surprised if they're top three in their division by the end of the year. Um, they got a lot of talent. That Daniel George kid was a four-star wide receiver. Out of He played at Penn State. I saw him, his first ever catch in, in college football was a 98-yard touchdown to the house, you know? So like, and, and it was from the current Penn state quarterback, Sean Clifford. He threw it to him. Um, it was garbage time against actually a Mac team. I believe, I think it might've been Ohio or something. So funny thing of uh, now he has to play against them, uh, year in and year out. I mean, I think he only has one more year, but still, so this team is very talented and that's the tallest backfield in the FBS. I think DJ iron six, six, Cam Wiley, 6'2". That's a big backfield, and Cam Wiley's super talented. So is uh, Jackie's uh, Shockey Lewis, uh, or Luis. Um, he's a fantastic receiver, came from Pitt. There's a lot of talent on Akron. So, yes, it wasn't very pretty, but Akron deserves a lot more uh, 
a lot more praise than what they won, what they were getting beforehand. They again played two Power Five teams in Michigan State and Tennessee. And Tennessee, I think, is a top five team in the country right now. The way that they're playing with Hendon Hooker, they have a chance to be really, really good. And if they could get a win against Alabama, who knows what's going to happen? Because guess what? It's at Neyland this year, and Alabama isn't as strong as they used to be. So, like the fact that Akron lost to Michigan State and Tennessee. I mean, yeah, they had the battle for St. Francis, but, I mean, you never know with the first game of the year. You can always struggle, um, but especially as a new team like they are. So that's my whole thoughts. That's me praising Akron. Um, it's not to be like, oh, uh, you know, I told you so, and it's not also to be like, oh, well, I mean, we can get away with how poor we played, you know. Um, but um, that just uh, should kind of – speak volumes to this team that they can grit it through a very tough team that's underrated, extremely underrated. So with all that being said, James, Jeremiah, do you guys have raise your hand if you have a if you have anything else I had to Akron. Alright, don't raise hands. We're moving on to ODU. Let's forget about that game. Um again if anything, I'll add this. Happy we won. Three and one. Now we're going to ODU. And the Monarchs, I tell you what, they're going to be ready for us. They're going to be ready. These guys, I bet you, you know, now since they played Virginia and Virginia Tech and they beat one of them, I mean, they're like, oh, who's next? Who's next? And. To be honest, this ODU has some pretty good talent on their team. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, they've held Virginia to, what, 16 points, and then Virginia Tech to, what, 10 or something like that? And I know 17. Tech's struggling. This. Was it 13? It was 20-17 uh, to 17 was the final. 17? Okay, 17. So, like, um, it's not like, you know, Tech's very, like, explosive offensively but at the same time you still gotta go out there and stop uh power five players at the end of the day so james we'll head to you first what's your thoughts on this game yeah um this game like i think that odu um at the end of the last season like played really well. Like they won five straight games to make a bowl game, and then they got smacked in the bowl game. But like we know that they can win. We know they have talent. Wolf, their QB, played really well at the end of last season. He's been pretty good this season. Their tight end Zach Koontz went off last year. Um, he has not done so really this year. He's had one decent game, um, but he is a very tall, athletic tight end that is gonna go get some jump balls if they get in the red zone. Like he's a guy that Liberty, like they're going to have to, they're going to have to key in on him. Cause like, if they get down there, like he's there. Um, uh, Ali Jennings, their receiver, like he's a transfer from West Virginia. He is a very good receiver. Um, a thousand yard receiver last year. He's on pace so far this year. Um, their offense is very legit. Um, Blake Watson, he's been banged up. He's their starting running back. If he plays like he had, Almost 300 carries last year, which never happens in college football. Um, he is a workhorse. If he plays, he he's another guy they're going to have to key in on. Um, 
they like as I say, their offense is really good. Their defense, I think, is where they struggle. Um, they do have some good players on uh, in the in the back end of their defense, um, but they their defense is not on the same level as their offense. So I think in terms of a matchup, I think we match up very well with them uh, in a sense that our defense is very good to slow down their offense. Um, and our offense is not as great as our defense, but with Salter back there, I think they're a really good offense. Um, even without Salter, I think that our offense can put points up on their defense. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure what to think of the offense without Salter yet, just because we only saw Hampton for a drive. Um, but just knowing that he may, they may choose to sit him out another week. Like, I, I don't think it's what they're going to do, but if they do, um, I think that it's honestly a really good game for that because it's going to be super wet. It's going to be the remnants of the hurricane. Um, and I think that'll be a good chance for uh, TJ Green to, to get involved in the backfield for some more. And for Day-Day and Shedro to keep doing what they've been doing all year, just being consistent, getting yards. Day-Day's had a few breakout runs in the last couple weeks. Like, um, I think our backfield is built for, for uh, wet weather because we have three of them. Um, and then our O-line, like, they've played really well. Um, so... I think I think we're set up for success in this game with the weather, um, and I am excited for the game. Um, yeah, those are my those are my thoughts. Before we move on to you, Jeremiah, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to add this. So, um, just to let you guys know the history of Ricky Ronnie. Ricky Ronnie was Penn State's tight end coach at the yes. time Joe Moorhead was the offense coordinator at Penn State. And he actually replaced Joe Moorhead when Joe Moorhead took the Mississippi State job. How do I know this? I'm also a Penn State fan if you haven't listened to this podcast before. So um, they're now, like I've said before, my number two. But still, I know a lot about Penn State. So it's actually really crazy that we're playing. We played the head coach – of Akron, who was offense coordinator. Now we're playing the guy who he got, eventually got replaced by and is his protege, um, literally. So um, they're going to be similar styles is also what I'm getting at when it yep. comes to their schemes, their play calling, their tendencies. Joe Moorhead, don't get me wrong, I was very happy when Ricky Ronnie left Penn State because he was a good offense coordinator, but he was not great or elite even some could say, like Joe Moorhead. So, you know, it was a downgrade when we were like, oh. And when he left, I was like, okay, good. Um, so, but granted, that doesn't mean that they won't have similar play calling or similar styles. And so, you know, what I'm also saying is Akron is a very good preparation for what we're going to see at ODU. So, Jeremiah, you now have the floor with those with those facts. Thank you for that. So, man, I've got so many thoughts buzzing around my head about this game. Um, I'm not going to be able to uh, articulate, articulate them all. Um, I know that this is going to be a uh, really, really tough matchup, honestly, because it's at ODU. Um, I know weather's going to play a huge effect on this game, um, and this is gonna, this is a team that you know, like you said, you, they beat Virginia Tech. Um, they took UVA down to the wire. They're a good, solid team. Uh, they're going to want revenge, obviously, for the last two uh, meetings that we had where we just absolutely throttled them. 
uh, in Williams Stadium. So this is just going to be on their turf. They're going to want that revenge, and they're going to want that, you know, how Virginia Tech started the season. They're going to want that our state mentality. They're going to want through want to run through the whole state and you know beat all three of us. Um, so I mean, it's definitely going to be a trap game. I think um, uh, we've got a lot to play for in this. Uh, it just depends on how healthy we are, and um, again with the uh, weather playing effect, you know it'll affect our game plan. Uh, we'll probably have to rely uh, on our run game a lot more than even we usually usually do. Um, hopefully we have Salter back. Um, hopefully we won't, we won't have to have that uh, quarterback question mark there. Um, obviously, you know, with, with JB or Hampton, you know, I know I think we can easily win the game as well. Maybe not easily, but I think we win the game as well. Um, game plan with those guys, but if, if we've got Salter back, I think we're good. You know, we can rely on, you know, some passes here and there from him, here and there from him. We can rely on his feet. Uh, we can rely on uh, our running backs to uh, power us through this game. And, uh, I'm excited to see what we can do. Uh, I want to be able to uh, go through the state. I want to uh, beat ODU and then eventually beat Virginia Tech. And I want to see the uh, the outer state on our side. So I'm excited to see how this game uh, plays out. Yeah. Um, this is critical to win. Um, I've stated it before, you know, Having this win will put us at four, and then we have UMass, and then we have Gardner-Webb. This is a very critical game. And, you know, you mentioned one of their top guys, uh, James, as well. James, uh, you said uh, Zach Kuntz. Uh, he's a former, also another former four-star tight end who didn't work out at Penn State, much like Daniel George could didn't work out at Penn State. Um, two four-star guys back-to-back. Um, yeah, it, it, he's going to be the guy that Keon, I know last year, he's really the one that was really the only one that was making any time, any any huge plays against us. Um, he had a nice couple nice catches and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, if, uh, you know, if, if, this turns out to be a game where we have to run the ball. I'm hoping not just that Caden is back. I've seen the, I mean, I know, uh, shout out to us. You've read John do a fantastic job, uh, with Caden, uh, you know, Caden was seen to be in practice. He seems to be moving well. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to rain, if Caden's going to make up, uh, I mean, he's going to obviously be a threat with his legs, but we're still going to have to lean on guys like Day-Day and guys like Shedro and TJ. Hopefully he'll get some run time as well. But also, Nasir Watkins and Jacob Bodden coming back. Those are two guys that are key to this this offense. Um, and they've been getting practice. I don't know how much they're getting, but it looks like they're doing normal reps, so that's good. Uh, yeah. So if if those are those guys are on on the pathway to uh, being active for the game, along with Caden, I think there's a very good chance we could literally run away from this game with how good our offense can be, just running the ball. Now, mind you, 
I'm a little bit nervous, of course, because I want to see us continue to throw the ball. Um, because I do think, even though, you know, having guys like Day Day and, like I said before, it, it's still at the end of the day, I I, I want to see Caden's development. And playing against a team like ODU is huge. Yes. So uh, having a guy, uh, having a team out there, rather, uh, that he can just continue to look through his reads and because, you know, again, the door is going to come knocking when whether the last five games of the year are against three power five teams and they're probably going to be, well, out of the three, two of them ranked and one of them is going to be very difficult because guess what? Virginia Tech fans are going to show up. And I mean, I don't think as much as we all expect, but at the end of the day, they're going to show up, and so is, I think, even BYU fans. I think they're going to even show up. So playing a game games against those teams who are going to have a nice fan base traveling along with them uh, for home, I mean, we need this game, number one, because we want to get bowl eligible before BYU, but we also want to continue to develop Caden passing wise because you can't be a beat a ranked team uh by just running the ball you just can't not not in this type of scheme um not where we're at yet where the program this offensive line has been greatly improved and they're continuing to improve but i still even with how talented day day is you can't be one-dimensional that's where I'm going with us. You can't be one-dimensional. We're not Army. We're not Navy. We're not Air Force. Uh, we're not old Georgia Tech, you know, where you can get away with running that type of stuff. Because um, we don't run it. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. So, you know, those are the type of schemes that, uh, you know, you can run the ball all day. But, um, I mean, we're just not, we're not built as a spread team or even as a pistol team to be running that much. Um, yeah. as, as many running backs as we have. We have to open up the passing game. So even with a game like this, you're kind of like, still going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, it, when we get to my prediction, it's going to be – it's a gut feeling of what could happen. Um, so, uh, Jeremiah, you can go first. Uh, any last thoughts for this game? Yeah, you kind of touched on some stuff that I was going to bring up about, like, uh, Nasir Watkins and Jacob Biden coming back. It's going to be huge because um, you could obviously tell, even from this last game where we were talking about with Akron, you know, having some offensive downfalls, um, having those guys not being able to uh, switch in and out. I think it's – I think we had seven guys that we were, like, going in and out with. And I think uh, Freeze said that he's really comfortable with nine and the team is really comfortable with nine. So – I know that's going to play a significant uh, role in this game as well. Um, another question I was going to ask um, about you, y'all's opinions. Uh, you talked a lot about how um, we can't be one-dimensional in this game. Um, but, you know, considering the weather, you know, rain and all that, the hurricane coming in, um, it's obviously going to play an effect on uh, ODU's offense as well. Obviously, they're probably a little bit more um, apt to playing in close to that type of weather. But, you know, it's probably going to play a, a, an effect on uh, their offense as well, which I think our defense can uh, play up to. So I think that's going to be a huge factor. I just – it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I can't really say I'm looking forward to seeing that effect, but it's going to be interesting to see 
just how much the uh, the weather is going to play a factor in this game. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think here's the thing. I think that we're going to see a similar game plan to the game against UAB because it was raining all day, all game during UAB, um, and we definitely still pass the ball. Um, and I think um, having that game plan again and just like letting Caden rip it with his with with uh, with a wet ball. Like if he gets more confident in that, then like man. If he's if it's dry, he's gonna be that much more confident. He's like, hey, I can get it to these receivers even when it's wet. So when he when he gets when it's when he when he actually starts a, a game and it's dry again, um, like I think like that'll be huge for for the offense. Um, so I I completely agree with Ben. Like I don't want to get one dimensional. I think we can win this game if we get one dimensional. Um, because I think they're gonna be in the same boat. Um, because as good as a QB as Wolf is, I don't think he's on Salter's level. Um, so, um, like, I think if we end up having to get one dimensional, like they're going to be in the same boat, um, because they, they know who they have at running back. If, if Blake Watson is playing, I know he's been banged up, but if Blake Watson is playing, he is their workhorse. Their offense runs through him. They are a like last year during their five five game win streak. Like they they lived off of running the ball in a play action. Like Watson was the decoy a lot of times, and that's where Ali Jennings and Zach Coons got open. Like they're gonna want to run the ball. So um, and I think our defense can stop their run, and I don't know that their front seven is, is strong enough to stop our run. Um, but, yes, I do agree with Ben. I want to pass the ball um, because I think that will be huge to for Salter to develop more, to gain more confidence like in, in his ability and his arm strength um, because, as he said, moving forward, like BYU is going to be a huge test in, in uh, four weeks. Like – there's no sense or buts about it. Like four games from now, like BYU is going to be a tough test at home at Williams Stadium, and I think if he plays this week, it's the first step towards like him being confident and uh, trusting himself to perform well in that game. Jeremiah, predictions for the game. Mm. I'm, thinking, I'm just sitting here thinking about that one. <laughs> Shoot. I'm gonna go. Hmm. Kind of want to be a little bit different than the score we already had, but I'll go ahead and go say 24-10, Liberty. James, prediction. Y- yeah. Um. I think that Liberty, um, if, if they show up, they perform their scheme, they'll win pretty easily. And I, and I think they're going to do that. I think, I honestly think the Akron game, like, was a little bit of a wake up to them. Like, hey, they got to stay disciplined in all areas. Um, so I think they're going to show up and they're going to win um, 28 to 10. Dramatic pause. It's not a pause if you say something. Exactly. So, 
<sighs> Here's my prediction. Liberty loses. Just kidding. I got all you guys. Um, 14-10 Liberty is my prediction. Mm. It's going to be a very low-scoring game, uh, especially if the rain holds to be true um, and continues to be downfall. I think it's going to be like a 14-10 type game. I mean, you think about it. It was, what, 21-14 against UAB? Was that the score? Uh, yeah. So, and that was in rain most of the time. So, uh, you know, and with a wet ball at least. So, 14-10 Liberty is what I'm going with. What were you going to say, Jeremiah? That you got, what do you got thoughts for that? I was thinking I kind of screwed up there. I, I was thinking uh, I was going to change it up. It was, yeah, it's right. right. It was 21 to 14 against UAB. My, my original thought, however, you know, how be it wrong or whatever, my original thought was going to be 21 7. So, yeah, I wish it was 21 7. But I changed it up. Fumbled. So, that was my original thought. But then, I, yeah, I forgot UAB scored that last second touchdown. So it was 21 14. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let me say 21 7, actually. For this score? Yeah. Okay. I think I to make that clear. Here, let me expound a little bit. Yeah. I think we I think it'll be four you know, fourteen to seven or something like that close for most of the game. And I think that we say, you know, last you know five, six minutes of the game, touchdown to ice it. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I think uh if we actually had nice weather, uh for this game, I, and if it turns out to be at least somewhat clear, I think we could we could win like twenty eight to ten, like and is that and that's what you said, right, James? Was twenty eight to ten? Yeah, that's what I said. So and heck, it could even be more than that. I think this offense could really get crazy um, with with uh, Caden in there. Um, you just never know. But uh, yeah. I, I just have a weird feeling that it's going to be like fourteen ten. Liberty wins. Um, you know, maybe uh, ODU pushes it a little bit and we get a little bit nervous about that. But uh, Liberty covering the spread, uh, I believe the spread right now is only two. Uh, I yeah. just looked that up. So um, road favorites. So, yeah, I mean, that's my uh, prediction. So uh, you guys have anything to add? All right, cool. Um, again, to all the listeners, thank you for listening. Give James and Jeremiah a follow on Twitter and uh, myself as well at FTF Football Pod. And I hope you guys have a blessed day and go Flames. Go Flames. <laughs>